Vern, Kevin, and out. Yeah, I am. A, uh, I was actually a DVD copy of the movie where Kevin Klein gets outed as gay. Yes. <laughs> at the Oscars, struck by lightning and turned and turned into a man. You have the only uh, copy of you have the Chase variant of that movie where it is Kevin and out, and all the rest of the <laughs> copies of that DVD are in and out. Are in and out. Yeah. Uh, the movie where uh, Kevin Klein plays a drama teacher uh, and his student wins an Oscar. Uh, and uh, says, I want to thank uh, my teacher who told me it was okay to be gay. And then Kevin Klein goes, I'm not gay. Uh, and then, oh boy, does a hilarious <laughs> series of events unfold from there. I, uh, I actually really like that movie. I think it's very good. I've never, um, I've never seen uh, In and Out. Uh, all I know is that, um, remember video stores? Uh, I do. Uh, whenever video stores were a thing, REM was also a thing. Uh, and I remember every time I'd see a copy, a VHS copy of In and Out on the shelf, I would think to uh, that REM song and go In and Out, In and In and Out, and like Squeeze Box, yes. Squeeze Box, uh, the song. Oh yes. Uh, also, yeah, that would have been a better choice. But uh, at the time, I oh, REM... I thought that's why you. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> The Who's squeeze box, uh, I think, I think works a little bit. Uh, uh, Mama's got a squeeze box, and she wears it on her chest. And Dad, just quite frankly, he never sleeps at night. Yeah, well, she's playing all night, and the music's all right. Yes. Um, and uh, and I got it. Mm, let's see, In and Out. I I pulled up uh, IMDb just to be sure. In and Out is probably the third best Frank Oz directorial effort. I did not know. Fourth. I did not know that was a Frank Oz uh, joint. It's a Frank Oz joint, and you can't always tell, but there are certain sequences where you're like, this is a Frank Oz joint. Because mm. um, uh, obviously you got, you got some prime Joan Cusack in that movie as well, as, as well as some prime Kevin Klein. Two, two, uh, two of my favorite performances from those two actors. This was not what I thought this episode was going to be. Because, <laughs> um, uh, okay, because in and out I like it. It's not as good as Little Shop of Horrors. But what is? Uh, exactly. Um, my favorite movie musical. Uh, I guess, well, I feel like Singing in the Rain should probably win by default. But second, Little Shop of Horrors. Um, I'm a music man, uh, man myself. Well, I'm a music man, man, myself. (laughs) Well, uh, with capital T, that rhymes with T. That stands for trouble. (laughs) That, uh, movie, uh, is excellent. That whole, uh, music band, great show. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. I think In and Out might actually be better than Muppets Take Manhattan, which is a bizarre movie. A like frankly <laughs> difficult to understand the creative choices behind movie. I uh I, I believe I we I spoke about this uh in our Muppets movie on our Muppet movies for babies. Um as a as a child, Muppets Take Manhattan always bummed me out to see like Kermit so unhappy, and like Kermit's so unhappy, and the gang is all split up for like the entire movie. Yeah, and you just have to like, and they keep sending in letters about how like poorly their lives are going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the, because of course in Muppets Take Manhattan, the Muppets graduate from college. <laughs> uh, that's the first. They were in college. Just you have to accept that first. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that like after becoming uber successful in the Muppet movie? Uh, they were in college. <laughs> they, in fact, 
must have met in college or all decided to enroll together. Uh, thus negating the plot of the first movie. Uh, people complain about, like, Star Wars inconsistencies, but, like, the Muppet movies do not make sense well, when Well, what they together. did was, it was purely that, like, kind of, like, ego run that, like, Steven Spielberg did. Uh, Steven Spielberg never finished film school uh, until, like, he enrolled in, like, the... 1993. Yeah. Yeah. And put in, like... <laughs> Saving Private Ryan as a senior overview film, like <laughs> uh, no, even even better, even better. Oh, his senior overview film was Schindler's List. Oh, I thought it was Private Ryan. Okay, Schindler's no, List. No, it was okay. Schindler's List. It is technically his senior thesis film, and uh, and uh, that was one of many times where Steven Spielberg said, "You know what? I'm going to put out two movies in the same year." <laughs> you know, I'm going to just go ahead and put out two movies this year. And uh, the best combo of that is Schindler's List and Jurassic Park <laughs> gracing us in 1993. Yeah. Uh, that ob- Two perfect movies. Obviously, the, the, the same I think the only other contender... Well, there's two other contenders. That I, well, I guess technically four other contenders. Two sets of two movies. Uh, the only other contenders are Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. Thank you. And then... In 1974. And then The Conversation and Godfather Part Two. Which also I, in 1974. I was going to say, also 74. Uh, a bizarre uh, set of one Francis Ford Coppola running against himself in the Best Picture noms at the Oscars that year. And uh, Mel Brooks running against himself in the check cashing uh, <laughs> run that year. Uh, he did not win any Oscars. He, of course, already had an Oscar. Uh, but, uh, he, he definitely was, like, racing against himself to get to the bank before it closed every day, <laughs> as he was just fucking raking it in for 1974. Absolutely. Hand just over fist. Absolute, yeah. Hand over fucking fist, and he would not, um, see true financial success like that until Spaceballs, um, where Spaceballs just made an ungodly amount of money on, on physical media. And it's just a true, a, a, a gobstopping amount of And it's gotta be just because, like, you guys like Star Wars, right? Because that movie is not funny. (laughs) I'm sorry. uh, Spaceballs is a pretty okay first draft of a movie. The problem is they shot a first draft. Yes. And, um, and it's... Okay. Rick Moranis is the reason why that movie is funny. He's fucking incredible in that movie. Uh, but I, I, the rest of the movie just doesn't. I'm sorry, John Candy fans. I'm sorry, uh, you Daphne Zuniga heads out there. Uh, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't go. The only redeeming stuff in that movie is on the dark side ship yeah. with, with Rick Moranis and, and Mel Brooks and the other guy. I'm sorry, other guy. I don't know your name. <laughs> I'm sorry, other guy. You are kind of funny in that movie. You're a funny other guy. Oh, and Michael Winslow is on that ship yes, as well. Absolutely. Yeah, all the good shit in that movie is on is on the Dark Tide ship. And then we cut back to Bill Pullman, <laughs> comedic superstar Bill Pullman. And like, uh, and I just and it's it's a funny bit to have like C three PO as Joan Rivers, but like, I just that's it. That's the whole bit they thought of. Yes, like that, and that's that's and a she great... doesn't even say anything funny. Like it's just, it's yeah, yeah it's and it, it's, it's a depressing. great sketch, but it's it does not work in a movie. Um, Doesn't work in a movie, uh, but the dark side stuff uh, does rule. Just watch a super cut of <laughs> of all the stuff on Darth Helmet's ship. Yes, uh, and and you have seen the best parts of Spaceballs. <laughs> uh, but uh, mm, okay, Love Sick Manhattan, weird movie. Uh, I had Bowfinger, a Bowfinger. I had a storybook uh, 
of Muppet Takes Manhattan. So I've seen the movie, but like my my strong memories of Muppets Take Manhattan are that like storybook just where, where they took screen caps from the movie and told the story of the movie and uh and like just my 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 childhood memories of that movie and it's in the feature film but just like a bunch of pictures in the storybook of Kermit looking sad and people being sad that Kermit doesn't know who he is and like Oh, yeah, that we he loses his memory like one hour into the movie. Yeah. It's like it's not even like the premise. He just loses his money and joins a frog-based marketing team. Yes. Uh where all the all the frogs' names rhyme. Uh and they're just like, Oh yes, Jill, I think that's a good idea. What do you think, Gil? Oh, Gil <laughs> It's it's the weirdest joke. Uh, but it is it is uh, effective, and that movie, of course, also gave us uh, Rizzo the Rat, who yes. would go on to dominate Muppet culture for ten straight years after that point. Of course. Um, what about Bob? I don't think is excellent. Um, the Indian in the cupboard, I liked a lot when I was a oh, kid. Yeah. I would have no recollection of if it's actually good. But The Indian in the Cupboard was a movie I saw a thousand times. Same. I uh, I, that was the absolute same. There was a, uh, speaking of video stores, there was a really cool copy. There was two copies of it at our video store, but one of them was one of those, like, hard clamshell cases that, like, Disney movies yes. came in. And it oh, looked like the cupboard. One. Yeah, uh, I loved that. Oh, that's that. cool. Um, but I remember... This would have been 10 years ago now, um, but at one point I saw uh, Indian in the Cupboard in like that that uh, that big giant trash can of movies at Walmart for $5 yeah. where they just they just dump like, oh, we got all these and they just dump it in this bin. Um, uh, those bins that still exist in the age of coronavirus, um, which is... <laughs> Absurd and bizarre. Which is, like, second only to the McDonald's Play Place ball pit. Yes. As far as things you want no interaction with during it's, a viral pandemic. Those, uh, those $5 DVD bins at Walmart are, like, the adult version of a McDonald's ball pit. Um, it is for me. I mean, that's... Yes. Like, I, I cannot resist one if I am near one. Yes, it's uh, uh, it's the, the pole. The call... It's it's the call of the void, honestly. It's... Uh, but, 100%. Yeah. And the, the McDonald's $5 DVD bin stares also into you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I remember... Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, I was just going to say, um, I remember grabbing uh, Indian in the Cupboard out of that $5 bin when I was in my 20s. And I rewatched hmm. it. And it, and it did not hold up very well. Um, but there's there's a scene in that movie, and it's the kid takes the the also the movie calls him an Indian. The kid takes a Native American toy uh, with him, as well as the cowboy toy with him in his lunchbox, but not as their toys, as their living creatures. And there's a scene where the the Native American toy and the cowboy toy are in the lunchbox. And they're both just saying damn and laughing. <laughs> That's pretty good. And it's just, they're literally just like, the cowboy says damn. And then the native starts laughing. And then he says damn and it makes the cowboy laugh. And it's just that for like a minute and a half. <laughs> it's, 
sorry to keep cutting you off, uh, but uh, you're no, you're, no, no, no. That's okay. You're bringing back uh, some childhood memories here. I would be very curious. Maybe a future movies for babies, Indian in the cupboard. I would be fascinated. I mean, no, it sucks that they call him an Indian the whole movie, but it yes. was uh, also uh, well, 1995. So yes. we were kind of we're kind of at a transitional point there. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels I haven't seen, but it's Steve Martin and Michael Caine, so it's probably okay. pretty okay. Uh, he did the British version of Death at a Funeral oh. um, with uh, with Alan Tudyk uh, and Peter Dinklage, who would, of course, go on to reprise his role um, in the, the American remake of Death at a Funeral. Um, that... This movie also has fucking Ewan Bremner and Matthew McFadden in it. Oh. So maybe I need to go back to fucking British Death at a Funeral. The British Death on a Funeral uh, trailer... Uh, always uh, appeared at the beginning of the Little Miss Sunshine DVD. Um, mm. And I remember every time I'd watch Little Miss Sunshine, and I used to watch it a whole bunch. It was a great movie. Um, but I remember um, uh, whenever I would watch a DVD, I was like, this death at a funeral movie looks very funny. I need to watch it sometime. And it never happened. Um, so uh, I'm sure it's good. It just uh, it never it never happened. It never happened for me. Um, I saw it in high school or middle school, sometime around when it came out, okay. I'm sure. Um, and I thought it was very funny, but I have not revisited it since then. So, <laughs> you know, uh, my my uh, opinions may have changed yes. since then. I will allow that to happen. Um, I haven't seen Bowfinger either, but people really like Bowfinger. Yeah, I've... Uh, I've seen the cover of it a trillion times, but I've never... Yeah, uh, Eddie Murphy with, with, like, glasses and braces, uh, and, and Steve Martin, he's there. You you gotta believe it. Uh, so, no, I haven't I haven't seen that one. Uh, nor have I seen Muppet Vision 3D, the, <laughs> the theme park ride. I have uh, uh, seen that. Uh, that's probably the Frank Oz joint I've seen the most uh, any time I had... That checks out. Any time I had, like, an extra hour before a shift... At a Disney's Hollywood Studios, I'd go watch Muppet Vision 3D. Um, this is a a minor. This who cares apart from me? But like, who cares? Um, at one point, like it's it's a it's a 3D thing, and it's very cool because there's a screen that you watch, but then there's like uh, Kermit calls for the orchestra pit, and there's a bunch of animatronic Muppet penguins that come up, and they're playing their instruments. And then there's, like, an animatronic Statler and Waldorf in the balcony uh, that are interacting with it. Uh, you can turn around and you can see an uh, animatronic uh, Swedish chef running the projector. Uh, so it's a, it's a 3D movie, but it's a, it's a 4D experience, if you will. And at one point, the whole thing is so dumb because, like, the plot of Muppet's Vision 3D, Muppet Vision 3D is Bean Bunny goes missing. And it's like, who gives a shit? Uh, right. <laughs> And uh, so the whole thing, they're looking for Bean Bunny. And at one point, Sweetums walks into the theater. Uh, and it's physically Sweetums. It's actually him. And he's like, I don't see him anywhere, guys. Physically uh, Sweetums <laughs> and it's, is walking in the theater. And it's so exciting because, like, it's Sweetums. Uh, and you can't, like get your picture taken with him. It's not like he's not, he's not a character that you can meet. He's just, he just, that's the only where you can, the only place in Disney where you can see Sweetums. But what happens at the end of Muppet Vision 3D is of course a cannon gets brought out and it shoots out the, sc it shoots out the screen and 
what they do is they have like a video of like the park behind the theater through a broken wall, uh, through a, br- a brick wall that's like been destroyed. And it's hilarious because you can watch this in the year 2018, 2019, and it's 1995 or whatever outside the park at the end of Muppet Vision 3D. But what happens is Sweetums walks out from behind the brick wall and he's in the park. But then they have the costume of Sweetums, a guy in the costume, the performer of Sweetums, also come out into the theater. So there's two Sweetums out. And it feels just like, ah, oh, we've got the costume. We might as well trot them out. But like, and this is a term that Disney theme parks use all the time amongst employees, but it's bad show. And <laughs> they just get away with it every single time. And it's always bothered me that there's two Sweetums here. It's like, come on, Disney. This is... Yeah. This is for absolutely no one. I'm sorry. This is just for Vern and Kevin. I'm sorry. Hey, listen. But. It's okay. Sometimes this this show and like so many other projects uh, we're involved in is just sometimes you just have to say something so that it leaves you and you've just spoken about. Yes, it. it's been uh, that's been sitting you... in my brain for since 2009. You know, so like I finally it's out there. It's out in the universe. It's gone. Yay. <laughs> yeah. So now it's out. Um, so anyway, after a brief appraisal of, uh, Frank Oz's, uh, document, uh, uh, filmography, um, I'm going to put in and out, I think at like a solid four, uh, after having not seen his, his Steve Martin collaborations. And I'm glad we finally, uh, got, got a resolution here. I didn't realize just how, uh, has, how vast his filmography was, but I mean. It was. He also did the Stepford Wives, uh, remake, but oh. people, uh. Don't seem to like that one. Uh, apparently, and I, I I, could be mistaken here, but apparently the original Stepford Wives is like a horror movie. And uh-huh. uh, Frank Oz did it as a comedy. Um, I've never seen either or. Um, yeah, and I think given the premise of that movie, I think a, a comedy is not outside the realm of like what that story is capable of being. Mm-hmm. It just, uh, it's just, I'm just told it didn't work. Couldn't couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you one way or couldn't the other. Couldn't tell you. Uh, but anyway, uh, In and Out is loosely based on a real story about Tom Hanks. <laughs> oh, uh, who, uh, when accepting his Oscar for Philadelphia, uh, kind of outed <laughs> his drama teacher. Oh, uh, and someone in the audience, someone watching at home, was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness, a movie, <laughs> a movie idea." Uh, but I, you can't. For, like, 90% of that movie, it's hard to tell. It's, like, Frank Oz. But then there's a scene where, like, Kevin Klein, in an attempt to prove he's not gay, starts listening to a manly man workout tape, and the tape starts, like, talking to him directly. Oh, okay, <laughs> it's yeah, like, that's... get into shape, Nancy boy. <laughs> he's, it literally becomes, like, those goofy cartoons where he's, like, learning how to play baseball or whatever, and gotcha. the narrator's like, not like that, goofy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Kevin Klein okay. in, a, in a workout day. That's fun. Uh, anyway, so, uh, Did, oh, man, I've had that DVD on my shelf for a while, and I've been meaning to, like, crack it back open. So maybe maybe tonight is in and out night. And you've, and you've taken, you took the, the Kevin Klein course. The I did. One of my... Uh, <laughs> I really wanted uh, to say, I'm glad I didn't, and I'm, I'm saying Klein it now. Kevin Klein course. course. <laughs> but I almost said, you know, course spelled with a K. Um, but <laughs> you took... <laughs> Um, did he did he did he discuss in and out because i wasn't the main event of that class a skype with kevin klein 
Indeed. I believe we had two Skypes with Kevin. Oh, Klein. okay, gotcha. Um, so this was this was the fourth... Uh, I took four uh, film analysis classes uh, taught by uh, Webster adjunct professor Dennis Brown, who, like, has as much to do with my contemporary love and approach to cinema as anyone else. Okay. Um, and, and most of his classes were just, like, we're discussing movies, we're gonna watch interesting movies, even not always, like, he, and he also tried to, um, sway us away from using words like good or bad and talk about, like, effective and ineffective. Okay. Um, which I think is, um, it's wise. Like, obviously I fail at that all the time, Mm -hmm. but there are certain aspects to, like, well, when you say bad, you were talking about something as if it is objective, Mm -hmm. but speaking about, like, a movie's ending as effective or ineffective leaves it as a more interesting art of uh, interpretation conversation. Gotcha. Similar to, um, like, Ron Howard, whenever he uh, does screen tests of his movies, is, like, apparently the questionnaires on those are all, like, I was trying to do this with this scene. Does that come across? Like, right. It's not like, did you like this or not? It's like, what was I effective at what I was trying right. to do? And that is, you know, and Ron Howard, uh, has like, not the best track record in the world, but his good ones are fucking good. And like Apollo 13 is mm-hmm. like incredible. It's, like, so wild that that movie is as good and effective as it is, considering that they shot, like, 90% of it in a plane in midair. Jesus. <laughs> because that was the only way to make Tom Hanks weightless. Gotcha. Um, uh, it's it's wild. Um, but, yeah, so I took, so, and, you know, I took a regular, like, film appreciation course, which after years of just being, like, are movies just, like, fucking shitty superhero movies? Like, is that all movies are? And then Dennis Brown was like, no, like, watch all these good movies. And I was like, oh, good point, good point, good point. And that was freshman year, and I took another class with him every year. I took... Uh, one that was film adaptations of Charles Dickens and Jane Austen uh, oh, novels. Okay, uh, and that was a fascinating class. Not only did I watch a bunch of things that I wouldn't have otherwise, but it also like uh, fostered an appreciation for both of those two authors, which fans of this podcast feed uh, could see how that directly fucking fed into. Like literally, the copy of Pride and Prejudice he gave me on DVD was, like, the reason I pulled Jane Austen out of a hat when I needed to play an author. (laughs) Um, So, you know, take that what you will. Um, (laughs) I took another one. It was the films of uh, Mel Brooks and W.C. Fields. Oh, yes. Uh, And we watched uh, a ton of movies by those gentlemen. I think that was senior year. Uh, Maybe it was junior year. And then the other one was the Kevin Klein film course, where we watched a bunch of fucking movies uh, starring Kevin Klein. Uh, and, uh, Skyped with Kevin a couple times. I'm really bad at those, like, interview things of, like, asking questions of yeah. those people. I would much rather, like, and, and it's impossible to ask for, but I would much rather, like, sit down and have a conversation rather than just, like, a question and answer yeah. session. I've never been in a particularly good question and answer session, but that's, that's besides the point. I could never, like, how do I put it, like... I could never, I don't want to say I could never think of what to ask in those situations, but, like, it's what, I can never think of what to ask that, like, hasn't been asked a trillion times. And the the the, the artists I really enjoy, like, can spin a yarn about anything uh, and doing uh, do it in a very compelling way. 
Um, and like, I don't know how to put it, but like John Darnielle of the mountain goats could talk about sandwiches for 45 minutes and I'd be enraptured. Uh, you know, like, uh, there's a, there's a section in this book about, uh, Werner Herzog that I have where he just talks at length about pretzels and beer in Germany. And it's just <laughs> captivating. Um, and like, I, I can't imagine like going to a Q and a and asking a question like, what food do you like? You know what I mean? And then being like, that's the stupidest question. You know, like, I don't know the artists enough to, like, if that makes any sense at all. Like, and so these Q&A sessions always end up being like, was it fun making this movie? What were you trying to do when you made this up? You know what I mean? And, like... It's just so, like, okay, there's a hundred other people in this room, uh, and Spike Lee is taking questions. So, like, what the fuck am I supposed to ask, like, Spike Lee? That would be interesting for him to answer at, like an impersonal Q&A. Well, you can give like him a copy Kevin... of your movie. Uh, well, I was... <laughs> well, well, well. The good news um, is he doesn't listen to this uh, podcast. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, there's a 0% chance he listens to this fucking show. Also, fuck you if you're listening. Um, <laughs> not Spike Lee, not Spike Lee. I want to yeah, not Spike Lee, not Spike Lee. Not Spike Lee, the, the guy who uh, gave Spike Lee his movie, and Spike, like, begrudgingly accepted. Uh, after, like, an hour of people being like, what would you say to people who have been told that black people can't do opera? And Spike Lee was like, what? What? <laughs> what? Um, do opera, I guess. <laughs> um, before... before <laughs> I might cut this next part out, but before handing Spike Lee his movie, the same person got up and was like, we're trying to build a new Hollywood here in St. Louis. And like, no, ho and Spike Lee was like, no, Hollywood's that way. You gotta go, <laughs> you gotta go over there. <laughs> and the guy was like, what? You mean we, like, but don't you think we should, like, try and build it? And he's like, nah, <laughs> Hollywood's that way. <laughs> Hollywood's over there, uh, so it does not exist. <laughs> while we're while we're talking about things that are going to get cut out of the final episode, it does not exist yeah, anywhere uh, because uh, my Twitter has been deactivated. But uh, I I heard about this uh, story, this gentleman giving Spike Lee a copy of his movie, and one of my YouTube videos that I have on there is called Clean Team, uh, and I remember tweeting out. Um, just gave Spike Lee a copy of Clean Team and a half-eaten bag of peanut M&Ms. I hope God is with me on this one. And mm. it made me laugh, uh, but <laughs> but only because... Also, uh, I remember um, uh, this person doing some uh, vague booking about Doom to You and how Doom to You got released uh, wow. and and saying... Telling the world, but honestly, just telling us... Uh, you guys aren't Jay-Z. And I remember the an hour within him posting that, I, I mo made a post about face uh, about Doom to You coming out. I'm like, hey guys, Jay-Z here. Just wanted to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're not Jay-Z. Yeah, I'm not Jay-Z. You need to spend months promoting your work <laughs> with no stars and no one knows who you are and why would they care? <laughs> uh, You're not Jay-Z. Over. Can't believe I'm not Jay Z. I thought for so long that I was Jay Z. You know, and honestly, like I get so. It turns out I'm not. And like, she doesn't listen to this, and thank goodness. But I get so confused where every morning I roll over and I look at my wife, and I'm like, 
who the fuck is this? Like, this isn't Beyonce. What's going on here? And this I, isn't oh, wait. Beyonce. I'm Jay-Z. And I, wait a second. Oh, wait. I'm not Jay-Z. Okay. All right. I understand what's going on here. I'm fucking burned. Every me. day I'm about to say the true track title of N-Words in Paris, and then I remember that I'm not Jay-Z. <laughs> you know, and... uh for the longest time, the working copy, the working title for uh, Pet Turtles was the Blueprint. But then I realized, wait, I'm not, I'm not JC. I can't. JC. <laughs> I was sitting by the mailbox the other day, and I was like, when is my next check for the Black Album gonna come? <laughs> and then I was like, oh right, right, I'm not JC. Exactly. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, every day I struggle with the realization that I'm not JC. As I'm if not Jay-Z. as if me or Kevin have enough self confidence to think that we're Jay Z. <laughs> Come on. I remember I remember that time I walked into an ele- I every time I get into an elevator, I'm worried that Solange is gonna yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I'm like, oh right, that didn't happen to me. I'm not Jay Z. <laughs> I'm not Jay Z. <laughs> I was I was like getting so upset whenever I was listening to Lemonade. I'm like, Come on, I've made mistakes. Oh wait. This is not about me. I'm not Jay-Z. Ah, I'm not. I'm not Jay-Z. Shit. And I'm like, uh, I was watching uh, uh, the movie Taxi with Jimmy Fallon <laughs> and uh, and Queen Latifah. And it opened up with my song Crazy in Love. And I'm like, did I sign off? All oh, right, I'm not Jay-Z. <laughs> right, 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 right. I remember I was making a, a, a promo for uh, Puffin 53, and I was uh, doing a promo. I was making the promo of the sketch uh, where the Property Brothers remodel the uh, Shitty Kids Orphanage. And what happens in that sketch, because it's a Puffin sketch, uh, they end up building a Mechazord uh, to fight the nuns at the orphanage. And the nuns, you know, yeah, build their duh. own. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, so I'm making a promo of this. I need footage for of orphans. And so, of course, I, I pull up uh, YouTube clips of a, it's a hard knock life from Annie and I'm listening to it. And I'm like, there's something here. I can sample this. I can turn this in. Oh wait, I'm not Jay Z. Never mind. Oh, I'm not Jay Z. You know what the definitive proof is that I am not Jay Z, Vern? What's that? If I were Jay Z, I would know more about Jay Z. Mm. <laughs> and we uh, have indeed tapped. Yeah. The whole- I Jay Z knowledge. The only other thing I've got is uh, sometimes I find myself just beefing with Nas, and then I realize, wait a second, I have no feelings towards Nas <sighs> whatsoever. I'm not Jay Z, and now I'm, I'm tapped Jay-Z. out. This has been <laughs> <laughs> only this fucking stupid show would be 30 minutes about Frank Oz's filmography and then a five minute runner about how we're not Jay-Z. We're not Jay-Z. We're just not. We're just not. So stop stop talking to me like I am because I'm not. And I know that. I'm not Jay-Z. This has been a Talk Back Podcast.